With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the 1871 podcast, and our special guest tonight is former Royals midfielder Tom Jones. So, hello, Tom, and welcome to the show. Hello there. Thanks very much. Good to uh, good to have you on the show. And before we speak to Tom, a heads up for you that we have another episode tomorrow. Uh, so, another Saturday episode, and our special guest tomorrow is Alexandra Death, who will be talking about our dad the legendary former Royals keeper, Steve Death. So that's available from 10am tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we continue our countdown to choosing the greatest Reading eleven from the last 50 years when we select four midfielders for the side. So that's available from 10am on Sunday. And our lineup so far, just to recap, is Steve Death in goal, Graham Murty, Nicky Shorey, Martin Hicks and A.D. Williams at the back and Shaka Hislop and Dylan Kerr on the bench. So, Dylan, come on. Are you happy with that? Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy. At least I'm, at least I've made the bench, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. But not happy with one vote, you, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, I can't believe I got one vote uh, off, off our co-presenter. Yeah. Well, I, I would, I would have put you in, but it was tactical. So I let. So the fans got. To be fair to the fans, they. There were you did get some mentions, but Nicky Shorey got the fans' vote. Um, Johnny was sort well, of a bit on the fence, but ultimately he went for Nicky Shorey. So, you know, thanks, lads. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> we, we, talked, we talked about you for about we deliberated for about 25 minutes, I think, anyway. But you got on the bench, so you're, you've been voted one of the best 16 players from the last 50 years, so that's not too bad. So look, um, that's coming up on on Sunday. The 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 greatest midfielders, and this weekend, Reading could confirm their place in the championship for next season. And um, as we know, they probably already have enough points. But here's what needs to happen this weekend for Paul Lintz's side to make it a certainty. So Barnsley are playing tonight, and they'll be relegated if they don't win at Huddersfield. So Barnsley could already be out of it. Obviously, Derby already relegated. And then tomorrow, Reading will definitely be safe 
if they win at Hull. But even if Reading lose at Hull tomorrow, Peterborough will still be relegated if they lose against Nottingham Forest. And even a draw is not going to be enough for them as they have a much worse goal difference than Reading. So let's hope we clinch it with two games to spare. Come on, you ours. And now it's time to talk to our special guest. And Dylan, I'm going to let you have a bit of a takeover here. So would you like to introduce our special guest? Yeah, listen, I mean, you know, I only knew I only knew this uh, player and what a what a right foot he had um when I when I joined Reading. You know, when I joined Reading and they told me that Tom Jones was playing, I thought, that's not unusual. <laughs> Sorry, uh, oh no. Oh, no, it wasn't the Welsh singer, uh, unfortunately, but it was one of one of the best right footed midfield players and Someone with great vision, and I'm not just saying this because he's here, and I've not spoken to him since probably 1995. You know, with you know uh, me being all over the different world, and I, I, I bet Jones is still in Swindon. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, I'd like to introduce the one and only Tom Jones. Uh, thank you for joining us today, Tom. It's absolutely a pleasure to see you. Not changed a bit. Still got your hair. Absolutely brilliant. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Yeah, I feel good. Um, still fighting fit. Um, yeah, things are things are good. I wouldn't say fit. I'd say fighting, but not fit. <laughs> <laughs> no, them <laughs> days are gone. <laughs> so no, listen. I mean, obviously, I you know Mark usually does this, but obviously it's been. I was so delighted when we got hold of you, and we've we found finally got hold of Quinny. Park is going to do it, and I think Martinix is going to do it. Uh, we, we've had some tremendous. We've had Ozzy on. We've had Shaka. We've had um, Andy Benal on. We got. We had uh, Keith um, Keith Curl last night. Honestly, I mean, this podcast is a is trying to you know put in perspective of you know from a Reading's point of view what we did and 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 how you became a Reading player and you know explain what what brought you to Reading and and what was your what was your feeling about being at Reading for that time. It's probably um, when I was at Swindon, we played Reading in a pre-season friendly. Dogs are going. Um, I that was, yeah, again. played Reading in a pre-season friendly, and uh, a good friend of mine uh, was the assistant, Colin Lee. I knew him at Chelsea. Um, a little bit of a chat afterwards. Um, my contract was ending at that end of that year, um, so Colin sort of. With Mark McGee made a bid that got uh, uh, accepted with an exchange with Craig Maskell, and the rest really like was for four good years at, at the Royals. And what who was your? I mean, obviously you you, you travelled with Quinny from Swindon. I mean, so obviously the links with Quinny. But I mean, what was what was your impressions when you joined? What was your what, and 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 how 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 did you adapt to you know obviously just just moving across the Oh, across up the M4, really. I mean, was the difference from where you've been before to coming to play for Reading? It, yeah, it was. Um, no disrespect. I mean, Swindon, we had a very, very good side. We just uh, obviously uh, two years before missed out going, which was then uh, Division One, which is the Premiership. Um, there was faults with me uh, signing a contract with Swindon. Um, I was promised what I'd negotiated with, and then that got changed the day of signing. Um, so that sort of 
triggered the uh, transfer and with meeting Colin and Mark, I went down the training ground. There was a lot of good things happening with obviously like John, you know, being there and money being spent and investing in the team. Quinny wasn't there at the time, but um, Mark McGee asked me about Jim. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of good things from like Swindon. Uh, and then the rest, like I say, uh, Quinny joined. And gradually over the sort of a year, two years, you know, with yourself joining, Simon Osborne, etc. Um, the team grew. Uh, Shaka obviously then took over from Steve Francis. Uh, you know, I could only ever see like good things happening at Reading because, you know, the foundations were there set with John in the background, um, investing in the team and obviously like the football club. Anything, guys? I'm, I'm not going to... I'm, yeah. I'm the host... No, I'll, t- I'll take over from now then. I, and I just, um, let's sort of, obviously the, the big highlight I expect from your your time at, at Reading was, was winning the league and going up to what is now the championship. And then a great season obviously didn't end well. And, and you, I was having a look through the team. And, and firstly, what I want to say is, I, didn't real, I don't think I realised this. Did you know that Peter Shilton was on the bench for Bolton? Dylan, did you know that? What in the playoffs? I think so. Yeah, I had a look. If you, I'm, I'm only looking at Wikipedia, by the way. It's not always 100 percent accurate. But, um, I was pissed off. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't matter who was playing. I was pissed off. Your, your yeah. boyhood dreams playing at Wembley, and I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Tom was as pissed off as me that we didn't. We didn't get to play. You know, at Wembley. You know, that's that's the thing of a, as a, as a footballer. You know, you don't like playing yeah, anyway, but. Play at Wembley is, is is the worst worst ever for a for a British footballer or for a world footballer. Like that. Yeah. Tom, what was what was it like from your perspective? Not not getting you know even on the bench, same as Dylan. Uh, well, I'd been injured for for a start. You know, I'd obviously uh, had a broken leg. Um, that wasn't that wasn't right at the time. Um, so you know, I don't think there was a chance of me really playing. Um, I was still trying to get fit. Uh, yeah, I mean, fortunate. I sort of played at Wembley uh, with Swindon uh, two years before um, in the playoffs against Sunderland. So I had played at, at the uh, you know at the stadium, but obviously disappointed the way it panned out. You know, winning the game. Should be well clear at half time, and then obviously getting beat in extra time. But, um, like Dylan said, you know, uh, having the opportunity to play at any time at Wembley, if you don't play, then you know, it is a big, massive disappointment, and obviously, like the end result as well. Yeah, uh, Tom- Johnny, do you want to uh jump in now? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, like, obviously, for both yourself and Dylan, you had the disappointment. What was it like for yourself, Tom, playing under Colin? Um, Lee and Mark McGee, and then then Jimmy and Mick. What? How? How was it for yourself as a player? Much difference. Yeah, I think Mark um, and Colin's style was uh, a lot different from the sort of uh, football side of Glenn and Ozzy Ardiles. Um And obviously, at the time, the players were a little bit different as well. Uh, Mark really sort of made me into a, a more of a defensive 
uh, player. I ended up playing a lot of uh, games at right back, left back, etc. Um, even before like Dylan came, I was playing uh, games at left back. Um, so Mark see me as more of a, uh, I would say, a defensive uh, fullback, but obviously I could then um, get over the halfway line and you know, like to go forward. And I think that was a, a difference in style that I'd not been used to, you know, at Swindon and adapting to that at Reading. I think, Did you uh, enjoy it, the, the change? Uh, not initially, because <laughs> I, I, I fell out with Mark, you know, saying, don't put me at right back no more. Um, I'd like to be further up the pitch, either in centre midfield or, or right midfield. Uh, that was where I'd like to, you know, uh, per, and preferred to play. But Mark uh, obviously <laughs> see me more uh, as an advantage playing either, mostly right back. Dylan, do you want to come back in? Yeah, don't don't you think though? I mean, look, that you know, we, we that when I joined, I mean, the, the players that we had, especially in the midfield, you know, obviously Jiltsy, yourself, Parky, um, Kevin Dillon, and, and we had Scotty Taylor, um, yeah. just just to name a few of them. And you know, the I mean, the competition was was really really fierce for that midfield, Tom. You know, and it, and it was very very difficult and. You, you, you mentioned about just before when you about Wembley when you were trying to get fit with your broken leg. I can still hear the crack on from that night when you when you did break your leg. I mean, it's it, it was it's still imprinted in my memory because you know it was a horrible horrible sound, you know. And you know it was it was a tough. You know the the training was good because of the competition. You know at the time, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean. Uh... As as we grew, like as as a team with a football club, you know, obviously the competition got more and more, like as you say, um, competitive. Uh, I think when I first joined, it was it was the likes of me and uh, Phil Parkinson in centre midfield, preferred to obviously um, Dill and Scotty Taylor, and that. Um, but as time progressed, things changed. The managers see different things. Um, and you just have to really go with it. What the manager said, I think that's why I ended up playing a lot of games at right back. Tom, well, can, I, I mean, can I just ask you, um, Dylan mentioned it at the start. It was kind of the obvious thing to say, and I knew he was going to do it in his introduction, but how much stick have you got over the years as, as a player and you know, probably throughout your life um, with, with your name? You know, How much stick do you get from the Reading players, from the... The, the fans, the opposition fans, do you, do, do you get fed up with it or do you just kind of take it? I never really, I didn't think, you know, you'd, you'd sort of block it out really. I think the the worst stick was at, at Millwall in the old den, you know, with uh, singing Delilah and et cetera. And, but <laughs> I didn't really like, take much notice of it really. Yeah. Um, and you, I was looking at your um, your stats. I think you played... 91 games and you scored two goals. Can you remember your two goals? Yeah. <laughs> I scored a really good goal against Peter Shilton <laughs> uh, when he was at Plymouth. That was at Elm Park. <clears throat> and I think Tramir, I think it was a header. I, I, I believe it was a header. I've never scored with a header in all my life. Was it a set piece? I can't remember, like, but I, I know I scored against Tranmere. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah. And it was at a game where, you know, I'd sort of like fallen out a little bit with, with Mark. And then all of a sudden, and it was, I think it was just before he was leaving. Um... And yeah, I, I scored, and there was talk of him renegotiating with a contract and whatever. And then I think within a week it'd gone. So that never happened, but it it ended up maturing with uh, Jimmy and uh, Mick because I think they knew exactly what was going on between the the lines, you know, with uh, Mark and whatever. So um, yeah, and, and I it'd be interesting to hear from from you about your. I think you played in four seasons for Reading. It was quite a mix yeah. because I think your first season, Reading finished eighth. And then the following season, 93-94, you went up as champions. And then obviously, you know, the following season got to the playoff final. Um, and then a lot of players left, but you stayed. And Reading, Reading I think, finished 19th that season, didn't they? What were, Yeah. What was that contrast like, you know, from winning the championship, almost going up to the premiership and then, you know, having a, a really disappointing follow-up season to that. It was weird, really, like, because it, it was almost a mirror of what happened at Swindon. Mm-hmm. You know, my first season, we uh, Swindon, we got in the playoffs, uh, missed out to Crystal Palace. Uh, and then the following year, we won it at Wembley. And it's weird, really, how it sort of, Hand out. Um, I think success goes, you know, with players uh, moving on. You know, um, people get bought and sold, etc. Um, and that's really over the four years at Swindon and Reading, it almost mirrored itself um, because we lost a lot of good players at Swindon and ended up struggling um, yeah. as we did at Reading. And I think ultimately, any club that loses the quality of players that we had are going to like struggle to uh, replace them. And did you get any stick coming to Reading from Swindon at all? No, um, even though it's, uh, you know, a local local derby, um, I don't think they'd played each other for, for some years. I, I certainly only played against Reading in that pre-season friendly. Um, and then I think it was the following Two years later, Swindon got relegated from the Premiership, and we and obviously ended up winning the uh, Div Div uh, Three, and that's how we met each other. And Swindon went down again that year; they got relegated to a Premiership, and uh, obviously, like what was um, is Championship now, and that so they had two relegation back to back. And what, and I what think, was I think we beat them both times as well, which was great. <laughs> What would you, what would you say was the biggest rivalry? Because if you go back years and years, it was Swindon, it was Oxford, it was Aldershot, and then for a while it was Wolves, and I think that was probably to do with the Mark McGee connection. Um, but what were the sort of big rivalries for for Reading during your time? Would you say? Um, difficult to say. Um, I would say obviously when. 
both clubs were in the same division, I, I would say it was the uh, Reading Swindon. And uh, we never came across Oxford, um, I don't think, when I was at Reading. I'm sure we didn't. And, uh, but um, I always thought the Welsh sides were very, very competitive, like your Swansea's and Cardiff's. I always thought those were good games. And, uh, and as you say, um, Oldershot is my where I was born. So <laughs> I would have loved to play against uh, Oldershot, you know, um, either for Reading or, or Swindon. Yeah, we're showing our age now, aren't we? Um, that was <laughs> a long time ago. But Dylan, do you, do you want to come back in or Johnny? Well, from, from my perspective, I mean, I, I've often... Uh, spoke about you know the, the 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 team spirit that we had in the dressing room and and especially on the social scene. I mean, obviously you had to travel back down to Swindon, so you know you you lived down there and you, you commuted every day, so it was difficult for you. But you know what was what was your take on the atmosphere at the club? Because I thought it was different class, and and nobody can you know understand you know the the the, the togetherness that we had as a group of players. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, when you can smell success, and uh, you know, once you get a group of players uh, together of the quality that we had, um, and I think Mark was quite a big one. You know, we spent quite a few nights in Curtin's Farm. Yeah, remember? Yep, yep. Where the lads like used to stay over or sleep over. Uh, Mark was very big on that. Um, like you say, the lads uh, at the old Elm Park. That atmosphere, you know, where we're winning games. We had that little bar in the corner that uh, <laughs> was the players' bar as such. I mean, that sort of thing, you know, it was brilliant because everybody stayed, didn't they? Nobody buggered off home like after five minutes and like disappeared. Yep. And all the lads and the wives and the families got together. And I think, you know, when you have that sort of, um, you know, camaraderie you know, between it was almost like the whole of the club because it it was like a tight knit, you know, um, little unit there. Um, it was it was great, you know, and obviously, you know, players and wives and family and we used to have the crash. Remember, like with the with the kids, with the kids, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't get that at every club, you no. know, but you know that started and it it just grew and grew. It was a fire hazard, to be fair. The, 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 the... <laughs> The local, if they would, the, you know, the fire department would have closed us down. It was that small, but everybody, everybody yeah. came. You know, who was the guy? Who was the two that went to France for the old, uh, you know, the the to buy all the liquor from? Were it, were it yeah. Jeff and Buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we used to get all the. I mean, we always made sure it was well stocked. <laughs> the lads always <laughs> made sure, but. I, Back then, it was what we made was ours, wasn't it, for the key? Yeah, yeah. For, for that was place. it, you know. And I know, like Jeff and Parky were big on it, weren't they? Like you know, going out and making sure it was well stocked up. And then we had uh, what was uh, it was Sue Roberts and who was the other girl? Jane. There were Jane Waterhouse, Sue Roberts. There was yeah. uh, uh, um, Anne Marie, Anne Marie Dickinson. Yeah, Anne Marie. That was it. Marie. Yeah. And, there was. They all looked after it, and I think friends of theirs looked after the crash and the kids. And yep, yep, we had a little play area for the kids. But that's <laughs> that, that, that's very intelligent. About we had, we we had a we had a connection with families, friends, and the supporters, and the club directors as well. We we you know we they would 
they would come into our they lounge. Would come down, wouldn't they? They, they abandoned the bar, at the members' <laughs> bar, didn't they? Yeah. They used to come down to us. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, do you want to uh, do you want to jump in again? Yeah, just one. one um, what was it like when you went over to work with Ian Porterfield? Is that correct? You went over to Korea and then and yeah. Armenia as oh, assistant. He was like a, He's like a second dad to me, really. I mean, he signed me at Aberdeen as well. So, okay. you know, 20 years later, well, I sort of met him in London and then uh, got talking to him, swapped cards, and all of a sudden I got a phone call about two years later um, to say, do you want to come to South Korea for... There's an FA Cup competition in November. The season had finished, um, went out, did okay, uh, really wanted the job, but uh, couldn't get the kids' education paid for. Yeah. We would only pay for one. I've got three kids, so that didn't really work. Uh, and then 10 months later, me and Ian had kept in touch with one another. 10 months later, he just said, look, it's not working out with the coach. Come by yourself for one year and see how it goes. One year ended up being three. <laughs> What was Armenia like? Was that national uh, was it? Yeah, I mean, Jesus. I mean, the actual place, Yerevan, is is you know typical ex old Russian like place. You know, not great, I would say. But like Swindon. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not great either. <laughs> And that, but um, yeah, we we just hit the ground running. Like you know, um, the results that we had there like, were just outrageous, really. Um, you know, to beat Poland and draw with Portugal and uh, Serbia, wow. um, it was unreal. You know, I mean, Portugal, Ronaldo was playing, Deco, Postiga. You know, they had Pereira. They had names on. Man United, Chelsea, Juventus. There was players from all over the place. Jeez. Tom, wow. Tom, can I can I just finish off by asking you, you know, to pick out your favourite memory from your time at Reading? What what would you pick out as one thing that that stands out above everything else that that you you did while you were there? Would you say? Oh, definitely winning the uh, winning the uh, what, what was the, the third tier and. I mean, to actually win any league, you have to be exceptional, I, I think, you know, because um, there can only be one winner. And uh, yeah. to actually win the championship, you know, uh, I hope you've still got your gold medal deal. Still got it, Paul. Yeah, never <laughs> give it away. I mean, that's one thing I've always said, you know, when you win those things, they're, they're there for life, really. Um, and... You know, I'm very proud of it still now to this day. And that's because, you know, there's only so many people that can win a league. And, you know, to have that gold medal which to show is something that I've always treasured. Go on, Dylan, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Mark. What are you doing now? What have you you been up to for the past since 1995? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Apart from, like, travelling halfway around the world... um, career and Armenia and that uh, I actually like uh, I've been a site manager for 
um, since 2007, when I actually came back from Armenia. I applied for loads of jobs, but obviously, like being out of the country, you're for, you know you become a forgotten man. But um, yeah, I actually worked for a company uh, Bovis Homes, or we're oh. now called Vistry. And that, but yeah, I'm a I'm a site manager, and I've been since 2007. So a bit of a so bit of a change. Just be careful! Don't, don't buy a house off me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well, well, that's all we've got time for. But um, for the benefit of the listeners, a reminder that we've got another episode tomorrow when we'll be talking to Alexandria Death, who's the daughter of legendary former Royals keeper Steve Death. So that's available from 10 a.m. tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we're continuing our countdown to choosing the greatest Reading eleven from the last 50 years when we select four midfielders for the side. So that's available from 10am on Sunday. Obviously, a, a big weekend for, for Reading. Hopefully, the, the, the team will secure their place in the championship for, for next season. So thanks for listening. And uh, just leaves me to say, as I usually do, come on, you ours. And, and thank you, Tom, for joining us. Social Podcast Network. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.